Next up on Visual Wow. The backbone of business, as it is, in my opinion, starts in the event industry. So we created an arcade. We put a virtual photo booth in there. We have about 15 different arcade games, uh, puzzle games, a variety of things that we can add to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your host, Jack Hartsman. Welcome back, Visual Wow community. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host. And today, our guest is Gary Boardman, Las Vegas, Nevada. Monica and I are very excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Glad to be here, Jack. Hi, Gary. How are you? So full disclosure, we are also extremely good friends and long. Well, I don't know about extremely. I mean, we like we like you a lot. As I, I like you guys. I mean, hence it's the Cassaday, you know, Hartsman house when I come back east. And <laughs> and you do invite your wife to dinner with us when we're out in Las Vegas. So that must make us relatively good friends. Yes, very good friends. She doesn't go to dinner with many people in the industry. Right. And Since Mon- 1999, I think. Yeah. So Gary, now that we've been friends for 21 years, uh, I guess we're old enough to drink. Yes, we are. And today so, it's silver container. So oh, uh, to, it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. So to, uh, to give our listening audience a, uh, an active description of you, Gary Boardman, chief executive of uh, AEES, which is also the chief interactive designer and the driving force of amusement exhibit and entertainment services in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we'll call it a purple state right now. So we don't have to make this a political conversation, but I will ask you, Gary, of all the cities in the union who have been hardest hit by the COVID-19 uh, mess, uh, how are things in your native town? Vegas is bleeding. We're, we're holding our own, but the industry uh, is devastated. I mean, trade shows aren't allowed to come back yet. The live entertainment industry, all the shows on the Strip have closed. Cirque de Sol has filed for bankruptcy, as everyone knows. Um, the doom and gloom is real uh, because we can't have the large gatherings that we're used to. So um, the reality of we can go back to work next week isn't anytime soon. We're looking forward to it and we're all trying to, to find what works in this current environment and how to make things happen so we can have gatherings and get togethers. What kind of jobs, or let's actually go back. Let's talk about the fact that we saw each other. We, Monica and I were uh, in Las Vegas for two conferences at the end of February. Uh, We had a lovely dinner with you and your, your lovely wife. And, um, uh, and I always think it's nice when Lori comes out of the shadows and, and lets us, uh, to actually see what your friends look like. Uh, uh, well, behind every great man is a great woman, right? Not behind, right next to you. All right. I blew that one. Sorry about not being politically correct about that. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, um, you know, we saw each other right there at the end of February and before we knew it, two weeks later, uh, our country came to a screeching halt. I know you and I spoke, uh, you know, kind of probably I think middle of April and we were both pretty much in the world of doom and gloom. 
Um, what, uh, what did you do? How far did you have to dig down to find your bootstraps to get back up again? Because I'm super excited. Uh, Monica and I are both very, very excited about having you on the show because we are not only having you on the podcast, but not more than two hours ago, we were uh, listening to your interactive demo about one of your cool new products that you are offering to the virtual world. So, uh, how, how long did it take you to find your bootstraps to get back up again? I would say we took about a month of wrapping our head around it and um, realizing we're not going back to any form of normalcy. And, you know, we, uh, we looked at all the different active activations and activities that we do in real life and figured out what we work in a virtual or hybrid environment. So after furloughing 19 people, um, you know, I got with my, my immediate team that was still surrounding us and, we started discussing what what would work, what couldn't work, how to make a casino night a casino night, how to do arcade games from afar. And uh, we started really diving in and looking around online for platforms that would work and got with um, some outside partners that could help with um, some programming. And we were able to launch virtualgamesshow.com to offer clients a, a whole slew of different activities. So before we dive into virtualgameshow.com, why don't we give our listeners just an idea of what you were doing up until seven months ago? Uh, what was the core business that AEES was doing? How was your daily, uh, how many people did you have? How many jobs were you doing weekly, monthly, annually? Uh, and, and who were your clients? Were you working in one casino? What, what, what was your whole kind of environment before the world changed? Um, we had a, a complement of uh, anywhere from 15 to 25 people on any given day. We would be delivering sports bars or casino nights, um, corporate team building uh, programs um, anywhere in Las Vegas, across the country. You know, we do a lot of work in Northern California. We'd work in L.A., in Phoenix, not just here in Vegas. Um, DMCs, you know, relied on us to be their partner. And... You know, come March 15th, right after a uh, special event and cater source closed, um, everything went dormant and life changed, as everyone knows. It. You well, know, and different than the East Coast, too. You know, Vegas, as it says, never closes. So, you know, it always was and is a place where you would go to have all your conferences. If you was too cold, people wanted to always go to Vegas. And so you guys just totally shut down. But it was definitely a domino effect because it affected us not being able to go to our conferences or our clients. And then you and I really have always worked, you know, coast to coast. And we we have collaborated for so many years. And now, now we're continuing to do that even through COVID, as you said, after that month break that you guys all, all of a sudden took a look to see what can we do. And now we're working again now virtually, but we are. I agree. And it's, it's a constantly changing scenario of what's going on in the world, um, you know, of events. The, you know, the, the clients keep coming with new offerings or new requests, and it causes a, a new conversation amongst, you know, what team members, you know, we have and other strategic partners that we can do things with. You know, for your, your household, um, virtual headshots, you're going to get that request if you already have it, because we just did in an email since our meeting two hours ago. 
So, you know, I I have always commended you on your marketing concepts because I actually, the best form of flattering somebody is to copy them. When you started using Just Call Gary as kind of your your tagline everywhere, and I absolutely stole that. And that is why I use Just Ask for Jack on my Instagram and my Twitter and things of that nature. But Just Call Gary has taken on a whole new meaning. Uh, I don't even have, besides the fact that right now I don't have to go through all your different addresses on Facebook, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on your website. It's Just Call Gary. Uh, played out and simple on all of those platforms. But um, now that I've passed you that uh, backhanded compliment, uh, which wasn't very backhanded, uh, I I just wanted to say that I've always looked at you as a person who came up with incredible ideas whenever uh, Monica and I ran out of our own creative juices. And that comes to our interactive stuff that we were just doing this morning with you. You seem like you've really uh, tripped on something that is uh, not tripped over. You actually took the time to create something virtual in the gaming world. Tell us a little bit about that. So we would normally be delivering a sports bar package to a ballroom. And in this case, we can't. So what we did was we got with one of our programming partners and uh, a platform that we liked that gave a Zelda kind of game effect for it. That um, We created our own game room. So we created an arcade. We put a virtual photo booth in there. We have about 15 different arcade games. Uh, puzzle games, a, a variety of things that we can add to it. Um, and it allows for, you know, a hundred people to come play. We can leave it open uh, online for during a conference. We can set it up to be only open for certain hours for as uh, simple as a bar bat mitzvah or a social outing or a client cocktail hour. We can build different environments. So you go from the arcade to maybe a virtual escape room area, or if your client is going to do a mixology class or have live entertainment, we give them a space in the room that they can then do those types of uh, activations. And then I'm signing up for the mixology one. Of course you are. Yeah. And I heard something about the fact that you pulled out one of our other very good friends to join your team. uh, Marvelous Mark. I understand he's part of your virtual uh, operation. Correct. Marvelous Mark is all over our game shows. He is our official host and MC for game shows, Rockstar Bingo, uh, music programs, our trivia. Uh, we're doing all the traditional game shows you see on TV. We have our virtual versions of those, and those are all fully brandable and interactive. Get the attendees get to use their cell phones uh, for their buzzers so they can watch what they're playing online and see you know, the game board there as well as it's on their phone. So again, partnering and collaboration is the only way we're all going to survive this. And Uh, I don't know, would you, sorry, uh, would you agree that it's, it's become, yes, we all came to each other for ideas, but now it's also, I hate to say mental support, right? Our clients are coming to us with really, you know, how do we get our people together? How do we keep our company, you know, connected and so it's not just about, you know, what games can we do, but how can we, um, how can we give them that sense of security, even though we're not seeing each other all the time. And even as I see your backdrop, and I know we've talked about it, you've got the photo mosaic. And I think that that's a great way of, you know, having a meeting where everybody takes their own photo and then let, you know, we create, you created that logo that you have behind you, but it's become not just a, you know, how can I, what can I buy? But how can it, it's more also psychological, as I said, you know, just the mental part of keeping employees connected. 
it, it is, um, it's a new form of team building. I mean, you know, we would do some stuff in the past that, you know, we would have a little bit of hybrid, but now it's all virtual and hybrid where, um, you know, you're shipping things to clients' houses, to the attendees. So swag boxes or swag bags um, for a conference that they get something prior to the meeting that those pieces and parts are part of it. Um, our virtual escape room right now, we set up the escape room in our building. We put a person in the in the escape room, <laughs> and then the attendees are logged in, watching on cameras, kind kind of like the voyeur position. But they're talking and interacting with that person in the escape room. We can also send pieces and parts of the escape room challenges to their houses, and make it so that you know the clues have to be combined together to, you know, remotely, I have this piece, you have that piece. Um, Let's put them all on our screens and, and, you know, figure out that clue. Um, There's so many different things we've had to kind of dream up that just constantly keeps us challenged. And, And, you know, group engagement is a big, a big piece of the business right now is getting those employees and those, those, uh, team members, to stay together and stay focused, um, you know, you know, it's just, it's hard. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, uh, and, and I, I'll, I'll call out on a, on a bot misfit that I, I photographed two weeks ago, you know, before COVID, it was sometimes too hard to even get our clients to interact with us long enough to get the answers from them that we really needed to make their experience even better. Now we almost have a worse, bigger devil's advocate because now we have them trying to wrap their heads around virtual, which they have no clue about. Um, I don't want to say we're making it up as we're going, but we are certainly changing the rules every week. And I'm just thinking back to the mitzvah that I did two weeks ago where the client pulled out, it was an outdoor party for, with 40 kids and uh, we're trying to keep the kids spread apart. And the most successful game that was played with the kids to keep them off the dance floor and being on top of each other was a massive scavenger hunt. Now, think about somebody having adding scavenger hunt to a bar bat mitzvah uh, a year ago. The client would have looked at you like you had three heads and thought you were completely <laughs> off your rocker. And here we are going back to scavenger hunts. Uh, before you know it, we're going to have pink ruffled shirts again and thin ties. Correct. But how about doing the scavenger hunt in your house? Well, when you said that, that's what made my, made me think about it. I think that's an absolutely awesome idea. And by the way, to our listening audience, uh, Hey, just call Gary.com. <laughs> um, so Gary, let's, uh, let's talk about just uh, real quickly. Um, you know, it's funny when, when you were saying that I couldn't help but think about, uh, tipping our hat and paying a little homage to the guy you were working for when we first met. And that was our mutual friend, Dave Peters. Correct. Riding um, around on uh, beer kegs. Keg racers. Yep. Keg the racers. way of the world back in the nineties. <laughs> you know, um, he was such a pioneer and, and, you know, homage to a guy who really deserves it. May he rest in peace. Uh, Dave was just a bundle of energy with some of the wackiest and quackiest ideas known to mankind. And and not to say that you're, uh, you know, uh, nearly as wacky and quacky as Dave, but you're at least taller than he is. Uh, I, I think, I think he's smiling down on you for, for not sitting your ass in quicksand and, and doing something really creative. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, when I got out of the military in 99, um, you know, Dave 
purchased my portion of my company and I ran the West Coast for absolute amusements. Not, you know, I, I love the company. Um, and, you know, I stayed on after Dave passed for two years and then just seemed time to go, you know, move on. And I wasn't planning on starting my own company. I had planned on, you know, kind of freelancing and figuring it out. And next thing I know, I started a company and uh, was, was busy at work again. And I use a lot of the philosophy I, I got, got from Dave. And, you know, I remember the long late nights of him and I talking on the phone, you know, after we both were at home. We got through the 2008 depression um, because we worked together and we came up with new ways of doing business. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, people either loved him or hated him. And I was one of the guys that loved him. I enjoyed my 15 years of working with, with Dave and, and the team at Absolute. And I'm still friends with a lot of those people. Well, I, I, I'm having a little moment of reminiscence here because we spoke to Rob Holzmeyer not just uh, 15 minutes before we got on the phone with you. And, oh, he uh, sent his hellos. Yeah, he absolutely. And Jacqueline Bernstein, his partner at Empire Force Events, as you know, was our, our very first guest here on Visual Wow, the first uh, back, in, back uh, a month ago. And then we have Marvelous Mark in the conversation. It's almost like we're putting the, the band back together from the 90s. We got the, we got the whole team there. We, we do. And, you know, when you look at that... Um, you know, my first big event in the industry was uh, part of uh, an award-winning award-winning team um, for GE's 100-year anniversary that you know we were part of, and you know it was crazy because Hurricane David blew through two days before the show opened, and um, you know <laughs> a lot of those people uh, were involved. So with the likes of you know Richard Carbati, who's also passed on. You know, Richard Aaron, Steve Kimball, uh, some of the craziest and most creative people were on this 100 year anniversary um, event, you know, in Schenectady, New York, Hurricane David blew through um, and, and it took a creative team to get that event open two days after a hurricane. My and, heart just skipped a beat for all the people you just you know, and and uh, just to pay and, and just to pay our respects as well that we just lost Patty Coons this weekend, and um, you know we um, we're all about the same age and and I think we celebrate them all. We celebrate their lives, but I think we also have to look at the fact that when we were coming up in the nineties um, and in the early two thousands, we were really onto something cool. We were at the beginning of the special events industry as we know it today, and and you know just. I don't know if you heard about this to kind of bring it the left and the right and the East coast and the West coast. But about a year ago, Jacqueline Bernstein saw a Facebook post for someone needing a photographer in Denver. And the post was coming from Evan Carbati, Richard's son. And she remembered that our son, David was now in Denver. And so David went out to shoot room shots in a corporate conference for the Carbatis in Denver. I mean, talk about second generation coming right, right in and following in parents' footsteps. It really warmed our heart when. That's the way it should be. We, you have to pass it forward, right? Pay it forward. Correct. But then again, I did the event for Andre Michaels at Extraordinary Events last year in Denver. And I didn't need a photographer, but I needed a body. And I reached out to David. You know, again, <laughs> keeping the connections and the people that we know and trust, knowing where they're all located, reaching out to those partners um, 
is again, it's all the collaboration we need to to be here six months, a year from now that we're still open and we can continue on. And that's where and that's where we go back to saying it was that way before the pandemic. It's that way now. And it's that way will be that way after the pandemic, because we will get through this. And if you're stuck right now in, in quicksand or you feel like you are, you know, you need to reach out to the people that have always been there for you or new people. I mean, there's we now have I know you're a part of ILEA and you're a part of the um, Live Events Coalition, Live Events Coalition. Here in Vegas. Right. And everybody's there for everyone. It's just a matter of reaching out. And I know that that can be sometimes a hard thing to do, but there, there are a lot of great people, you know, that will support everyone in the industry. I agree. Um, last week or the week prior, I actually threw up on Facebook, you know, a Zoom stop by. Hey, come by, stop by, say hi. Let's meet face to face. I had about a Two dozen people stopped by throughout the day. I had it up for four hours on one computer screen and people would just pop in and talk for 15 minutes to say hi and, and move on. And then, you know, a couple of people that didn't know each other, I introduced and they're doing a podcast now together. One is a host and the other, is, you know, Larry Casio is my insurance guy. He was in there um, and uh, uh, Julius was in and they started talking and realized that Larry be a great person to have on a podcast because you, know, you, you talk about insurance. You just gave me a great idea. Uh, we were already working on a project. I don't know if, uh, if you remember hearing it in the first episode with Jacqueline, but in October, we're going to be starting Jacqueline on a weekly uh, talk about um, uh, about the events industry on a Facebook live. Uh, and then different people are going to chime in. I think her first guest is actually going to be David Adler from BizBash, And, um, and then we've got uh, Robert Sherman from uh, Washington Talent Agency is going to be doing a business uh, roundtable Facebook Live on the business of the event industry. But, you know, you just gave us a great idea about just kind of having a stop by on the Zoom session and chime in. Happy with hour. Yeah, sure. like like the, the events happy hour via the vehicle of the Visual Wow podcast. Uh, that's really, it's really something to think about, Monica. I think off camera, we should, I think, unfortunately, Gary's probably going to want a commission on that. We're going to have to pay him royalties <laughs> and things of that nature. Hey, listen, Gary, you know, Monica, hey, his I, room, his room will still be available when he comes to the East Coast. So there need. you go. That's yeah. And, and you know, Gary, the dogs miss you a lot. So, uh, I'll, I will make sure that they're available for you. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're talking with a lot of our friends. We're talking with people that we've never met before, but one of the things that, um, we we've been trying to avoid in this podcast is talking about people with their expectations of, uh, of when this ends, since there's no, none of us have a crystal ball and there's really no way to, um, you know, there's nothing definitive. There's no periods at the end of the sentence, but you've clearly made the moves that you've made to not just protect your business, uh, but also to keep fulfilling the best way, you know, possible. And uh, from both of us, uh, I think your your new project is great. Uh, just again, tell me the tell me the URL, please, for the new website. It is virtualgames 
show.com. So there's two S's in the middle. Well, that information is absolutely going to be in the show notes. Uh, I hope people get a chance to take a look at it. And, um, and what are you thinking? What are you thinking three months, six months? I know that your football team won their first game. And as a guy who grew up in Oakland, I've always been an Oakland Raiders fan. Uh, I'm not unhappy. Hey, so did ours, by the way. Uh, yes, that's right. The Washington football team, the, the nameless acronym, nameless uh, mascot team of Washington won. Uh, your Las Vegas Raiders won their first game. How are things uh, in that world? But more importantly, what, what do you see coming down the pike in the next three to six months as, the, as we come around the corner to the end of 2020? Well, we're, we're hoping that the, the gatherings can start coming back. Right now, Dispatch Connect is pushing forward hopefully on their program in October at the win. Um, and there's some other programs that, you know, are being looked at or trying to open. So it all comes down to the governor, you know, their philosophy and, and um, policies. Um, but honestly, I'm hoping that the holiday parties in December are, are coming back. Some of them virtual, most of them hopefully physical. Um, but um, six months from now, I see us back into business, not at any full scale, but I'm thinking 30, 35% doing some real business and then staying in the virtual and hybrid world. Hybrid's not going to go away. There's no, no I, uh, we completely agree. We think hybrid's here for a very long time to stay. It just will become a part of your tool belt, right? Uh, your offerings that you're going to be giving clients for, from now forever. Correct. And the trade shows as well. I mean, I was on a call today with one of the um, major trade show companies um, about implementing our hybrid solutions for some of their real meetings that they are doing not in the state of Nevada. Um, They're working in a couple of other states, but they have, you know, groups. They're doing some trade show stuff and they need some offerings, but they want to be able to engage with people not in the space. So from their virtual platform. So they reached out. Um, to see how we could help implement those programs. Um, and for us, you know, that's what we see that the future is going to be. Unfortunately, you know, my business of 10,000 square feet of games aren't going to be going out as often as my virtual offerings can. Um, hopefully they will um, in the near future, but we'll see. I'm sure you're also running to the same problems that we're running into. As you know, where we have a pretty big photo booth operation, novelty operation here on the East Coast. And uh, never, never ceases to amaze me that with 25 photo booths, every time somebody asks for something specific, they don't ask for the same one that went out the week before. We've got uh, between three and four hours of setup time just to prep each photo booth to turn it back on, update the computer, update the software. Uh, I didn't realize that most of our softwares had a, a six-month um, if you don't turn the computer on and talk to the internet every six months, they deactivate software. Um, I don't know if, if you've run into that same problem. I found that out the hard way too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and for us, it was six months and four days after it was uh, last turned on. So are the pros don't try it at home. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, these are the things that vendors understand that cl- the end user customers don't really need to understand, but it's a reality in the industry that you know our cost of doing business, even for something as simple as a as a photo booth for two, three, four hours at a at a small backyard event, is requiring you know sometimes double the labor than what it would have normally done because we're our our machines are not up and running properly. Correct. Uh, we actually 
turned down a photo booth job this past weekend for a real drop off um, because the client could not believe I was charging them not even full rate. I was charging them about 70% um, of it, but they, you know, they were upset that I wouldn't do it for less. And I'm like, it's more work right now because of the exact same reason we had to, you know, come in, pull somebody in to go prep it, set it up, uh, update, just like you said, you know, it's two, three, four hours of prep time for a three hour party. Um, and giving them a discounted rate already and they wanted it for less. I said, sorry, I can't help you. And, yeah, it, it, uh, it's really, it's, it's very difficult. And, and we're offering a lot of hybrid stuff, virtual weddings, and we're going in there with our regular photo and video teams, but we're offering a really, a really impressive virtual product uh, two camera video shoot that we're actually broadcasting live. And we've bought new mixers that handle an audio, you know, multiple audio tracks so we can mix everything before it goes into the computer because people don't want to invest an extra $10,000, but they're willing to put in a few thousand dollars to, to bring the other 150 guests to their party that, that can't make it when they're only doing a party for 25 people. Correct. And all the way down to my, uh, my son's wedding in Den- or in Estes, Colorado, you know, we streamed it live online and we did a virtual photo booth. And then locally, a friend of ours at Wrench Photo Booth in Denver let me, you know, have one of his photo booths for the, the show. Um, so we had 48 people show up and we had probably another 30 to 50 people online. Roger so that. It. It's a very fine line. I think you would agree that we're all walking right? Because everybody's, we're all going through this and clients who are wanting to do the virtual or pivot. So we're, we're, we're advising them, but, and we're also sympathizing with them. And at the same time, you know, talking about pricing, they can't wrap their heads around, well, they're not really going to be there. Right. And so, but what it takes to actually make it happen so that all hundred friends actually can see you get married or can see having an event or a corporate event. Uh, it, it's, um, it's been interesting as a, as somebody who I'm going to call us a salesperson trying to explain to them, yes, we're sympathizing with you, but this still takes work and work comes with a price. Correct. And so it, it, we're teaching. I mean, we're teaching every day. We, we are. And like when we do our Rockstar Bingo, I'll use that as a, for instance, or a trivia or any of our game shows. You know, we have rehearsal days. We have, you know, custom questions. So we have to build all of that. So, you know, when we put out a price tag on it and the client goes, well, when you showed up last time, you know, in person, it was half of this. Well, it was just a generic bingo game, maybe. It was nothing custom. Um, you know, we, we have a studio. We have three production people running that. We have the MC who's hosting it for you. You know, we, we're, we have a backup system set up with a person off property running it. We have a backup battery system running the computers in our building so everything stays online. Um, you know, it's a whole lot more work because you're not paying the venue to make sure all the electric's there. In this case, you're paying us that fee. Uh, and and then you, you hear the light bulb go off, right? Yeah, they, they realize it. And then we send them some photos. Here's us doing this with a green screen studio in our building. You know, we turned we turned a foyer area into a studio with multiple camera views, multiple you know monitors, three person tech station, 
they'll post those photos openly to show, look, this is what it takes to do a job. And then people go, I get it. And my advice to everyone would be that maybe not everybody, but 95% of the people will realize, oh my God, you're right, or understand. So when they first have that that awe moment of, oh my God, I you know, why? Just go start with thinking that they don't understand, that you have to explain to them that what took one person now takes a whole team. You know, it can be three to five people, what one person was doing because of all the virtual intricacies. And you guys can explain them a lot better than I can. But I, you know, go at it. Don't just, you know, get offended that somebody is questioning you on on your rates. Just explain to them and then go from there. Well, I'll actually go the other direction, Monica, because uh, Gary, I don't know if you're hearing about the corporate. I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot more social than I am corporate right now. But Gary, have you noticed that when people equate the fact that they're not paying a catering bill for 5,000 people or having to get a, a casino venue or what have you, that they actually have more money in their budget for the virtual stuff to make it right for them? Because I'm certainly seeing that in the wedding and the bar mitzvah market. We, we are. And actually, when you go to the catering side, we've actually recommended doing catering for some of the groups. Right. You know, you can have drop off. You yeah. can have. Right. Um, we, we were working with a, a friend of mine's company in Arizona. And she had a group of 125 people. She wanted the meal delivered exactly at this time. But all 125 people were across 10 states. That's awesome. So, so, you know, we, we come up with a few solutions and I'll throw it out there that Panera Bread Company has a corporate solution, three to three or four different menu levels. And wherever they have them, they have their stores, they'll actually set up delivery for you. Uh, so you can order. It's a phenomenal idea, but we spun it and took it back to NACE members and found a caterer who had alliances and strategic partners in all 10 states. We shipped all ten, uh, all the caterers, these swag boxes. So everything branded from the client, all the giveaways going to those people were all sent to the catering companies. And they worked together with one menu from one caterer that shared it to everybody. So everyone got the same exact meals delivered in 10 states. And, and you know, it was a great concept. And taking it back into our industry, giving those catering companies the opportunity to deliver five or 10 meals might not sound like a lot, but it gave them something to do. And they were able to, to really spin that and then resell it to their clients. Right. No pun intended. You have to think outside the box, the virtual box, right? Nowadays. Right. So yeah. it, there's so I much that lot, you can do. A lot of people are doing swag bags or, or giveaways and um, they're called conference in a box. There's a variety of names. Um, that people are doing, they're giving, you know, that's how their branded uh, sponsored products are being delivered before their meeting or their conference or their bar bat mitzvah or wedding. So you can do so much um, and utilize some money, but it, it doesn't have to cost the bank. It doesn't have to break the bank at that time. So why don't we uh, wrap this thing up on the on a high note, on a future high note, and let's talk a little bit about the Live Events Coalition, which we're both very, very involved with, or not the both, but the three of us. Um, and, and Gary, what has been your experience? What has Live Events Coalition been doing in the Vegas area? And then Monica, you can certainly uh, chime in for what's going on in, in D.C. And, and even in New York. 
So we are doing, um, well, we're, we're finalizing a venue for Vegas, the Vegas Empty event, which myself and Ian Sandberg will be uh, co-producing uh, within the next two weeks, hopefully. Uh, recently, We EC, which is um, We the Event Community, which is part of the Live Event Coalition, did the parade down Las Vegas Boulevard with you know, a car parade. And then we had over 1,200 people marching and, um, you know, with signs and everything up and down the strip. Wait a minute. Uh, I got I to gotta get you to pause for a second. Can I saw the pictures. Can you tell the listening audience, please, um, what that was all about? Because it looked amazing in the photographs. So the, the whole message was bring live events back. And, you know, the, the Live Events Coalition backed this program with the event community here in Vegas. And, you know, we gathered um, 200 plus cars, I believe, uh, trucks, cars. Uh, we, my, my car led the parade with towing a Las Vegas, welcome to Las Vegas sign down the strip, uh, followed by one of the LED marquee vehicles, you know, showing uh, the, the message of, you know, bring live events back. The 1,200 people, uh, members of the community standing, you know, in various areas across the strip, holding up signs, you know, we want to go back to work. It was a living event, um, bringing nationwide notification, you know, notification. We need to reopen. We need live events to come back for us, for Vegas to survive. And, um, it made national news. It, it was, it was impactful. It, it definitely came up with a, a big message. And then that was followed by red alert on September 1st that the, the, the world saw this was, you know, this was put on by uh, the live events coalition and a, a company, I believe called Gumper who put on EDC and, you know, it was where you turned the buildings red and it was, you know, it was streamed live all over the country, all over the world. Uh, and it was just, again, very impactful with Vegas. Um, you know, what's next? We want our live event, our empty event to take place. And, and again, get the message out. The Florida Live Event Coalition met with Senator Rubio's office. And they also put that video that was created on the Senate floor with Senator Rubio. So the, the coalition's doing its part. It's getting the message out there. It's looking to make it better. So I, so I don't want to make this a negative because I, I, it is not meant to be a negative, but we've done the big uh, empty event here in DC on the, on the mall. Uh, you know, Jacqueline Bernstein was a huge part of the, of the. Um, well, that was the uh, DC uh, events coalition portion of it that we did. Co the correct. And then we the had the one in, that, that Jacqueline was a part of in Times Square. What do you think is happening with these live events? Who Who is seeing them? What effect do you think it's really having on, on Congress or on the grand scheme of things to help, to help keep the event industry, the purveyors, the small people, the big people uh, from honestly ending up on the streets because our industry has been hit so hard. Uh, you know, there's the cliche that says that we were the first ones to go down and we'll be the last ones to come back up again. What grand in the grand scheme of things, not knowing what's going to happen in the election, not knowing about what's going on in the tumultuous political climate that we're in right now. What do you think is coming of all these events besides, and by the way, this is important, 
making all the people that are part of it feel good that they're actually doing something. I, I think that in the grand scheme of things, I think what because the coalition actually has lobbying going on. So whereas ILEA, NACE, PCMA, all the associations are education. They're not there to lobby on Capitol Hill for us. The Live Events Coalition, from my research and, and talking with different members of, of the coalition, is the lobbying force, getting the message out there, getting the people in power to get the PAU, get the, the Triple P going again, to get money back in the pockets of those uh, of us, the small business, as well as the independent contractors. Um, so we're here in six months. So we can survive this. To have them understand that there are 12 million people that are impacted, you know, just within our industry. Correct. Which is 40% of the unemployment in the world are, are the events community. Right. So and from that's what a big statement. Right. And, and I know, from, well, with, with, um, uh, with Gary, we spoke about the domino effect. Right. How it all it's all in one thing leads to another. So there's not any one job that's too small or too large. It's all being affected evenly. You know, I'm evenly. Sorry, I don't mean I'm not trying to play it down, but we're all affected by what's happening. And so we have to keep the awareness alive. And I think that this is what these events are doing, keeping it in everybody's, you know, so just, so just to kind of wrap this for the for the community that's listening, we are talking about Live Events uh, Coalition, which is available at liveeventscoalition.org. And it is really the governing backbone, if you will, the safety net for the live events industry. And as Gary said, the lobbying force to remind Congress that we, the people, the, basically the entire hospitality travel incentive industry is being, is, has inadvertently been hung out to dry and, and fend for themselves. Uh, whether you're the guy who's selling hot dogs or, or, or putting gas in the trucks or the people that are rigging lights or the photographers, videographers, and the gaming people, we're all in the same situation. And um, I'm most concerned about what's coming down the pike in October because as the PPP money runs out for the airline industry, and uh, I just heard that MGM is not going to rehire the 18,000 people they furloughed. Um, I, I don't know how our industry stays able to breathe after, uh, after October 1st. How about you? I'm kind of in the, same, in the same boat. We keep hearing about all these same things that you're, you know, you're discussing. And, you know, we have a, a brand new football stadium that nobody can go in. Um, right. you know, and, and, you know, we have so many venues that are dormant, but yet now you can go see a movie but you can't go in a theater to a live event. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not racing off to my local movie theater to, uh, to sit in the room. I get it. But the, the, the issue that the, the, the members of the uh, event community here are seeing, you know, that's like, I follow, I'm on their Facebook page and things that are frustrating to them is you can do this, but you can't do that. Look, you can go to a movie, but you can't go to church. Yeah. You know, it, so it, there's it, so many variables that come into play um, that no one's right. There is no right or wrong answer, unfortunately. Um, Again, it goes to the domino effect. It does. does. And they're talking about bailing out the airline industry, but without us, without the the event industry, 
there's no other than traveling for vacation, which you right. can't afford to go on, then there's no reason to get on a plane. So again, the backbone of business as it is, in my opinion, starts in the event industry. Um, you know, why are you doing a marketing campaign if nobody can come to your building? Because they can't travel to you. So there, there's a lot of things that are pros and there's cons that go along with it, unfortunately. Now, I, I agree completely, Monica. I'm sure you your sentiments are the same. Uh, I, I want to end this on a high note. And, and uh, if, if we, I may, the, the high note, okay, a high note is definitely the fact that just the three of us, okay, the relationships that have lasted for as long as it, it has and it continues. And that is what's going to get us through is talking about all these topics. And it's not always sunshine, but it is how do we move forward together? How do we pivot? How, what lessons can we take from this? None of us were ready for a pandemic. And, you know, none of the industries, any industry was ready for this. But now, hopefully, we'll have more tools in our, in our goodie box that will let us move forward. If something else happens, you know, we, we we'll be ready. Let me oh. add one more thing real quick. So, oh. this, so because we've been talking about the live events coalition, there's also within the special event industry, the search foundation. So um, anyone, you don't have to be a, a member of any association. You have to be a member of this industry and the search foundation is there to help. Um, if they can, they, you know, if you're if you're stressing over not having enough money for your rent or or you know food on the table, you can submit for a grant. Does not always mean you'll get it, but as much as they are giving out, they need to receive. So if you go to searchfoundation.org, you can make a donation, and every dollar counts. We donate. We're part of the uh, Search 100. So my company, even through these times. Um, I have told my wife, who's in charge of the funds, that we will continue doing the $100 a month. And and it does its part. Um, if I needed it, I could reach out. Doesn't mean I will get a grant. But for all of you listening, reach out. If you have a dollar that you can give, give it. If you need something, reach out. You know, just like Jack had said, you know, and I did earlier. If you want somebody just to vent to, give me a call. You know, chime in. Glad to. We're jump all in. here. Wait, wait a minute. Did you just say if you need someone to vent, just call Gary? Just call Gary. Fine. My uh, wife will hate it because I'll get called <laughs> at eight, nine o'clock at night. But it is life as we see it right now. Um, well, that's what it is. We all need and to Gary, you can call us. There, I'll yeah, call you guys. right. And, if, <laughs> and just ask for Jack.com. So I Gary, have a conference call of of, of uh, <laughs> event, venting. <laughs> exactly. So once again, Gary Boardman, uh, a great friend, a great industry, uh, rah-rah cheerleader, a great purveyor, uh, a wonderful partner in business and in friendship. Uh, your new product, virtualgamesshow.com. And for just about anything else in the social media world, just call Gary, uh, just call Gary.com. Really appreciate you being on the show, Gary. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, all of us uh, from the East Coast, we are holding our breath and hoping that Las Vegas makes some kind of recovery in, in some shape or form and, and we can all get back to normal. Uh, Monica, any last minute thoughts? 
Great having you on the show. Looking forward to having you many more times. Definitely. And uh, to you too, my friend, Lashana Tava. Back at you, my friend. Now you're going to make me have to get this up before high holidays are over. Uh, Shana Tova, <laughs> thank you very much for that. Um, you can edit that out. That's no, we don't have to edit it out. It's you know what? It's what the it's it's the little things that we should be talking about. Hey, everybody, visual wow listening audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host. We're out. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.